have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is a Class A licensed contractor who has designed and built multi-million dollar commercial and industrial projects and single family homes up and down the East Coast. And now, Ken the Contractor brings his years of experience to the radio. If you want to do the best possible job, go in and either caulk or use an expandable or low expansion foam around all of those cracks and then come back and put the bat insulation over that. The bat's going to fill the big cavity, but it's not going to seal it extremely tight. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor, and he's here weekends at this time, dealing with the questions that are important to you, today's homeowner. You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975 or email him questions to our website, KenTheContractor.com. Are you in the process of building? How about buying? Maybe doing a little remodeling? What age are you? I'm asking you some questions that I want you to think a little bit about because I don't mind telling you, like you, I'm a statistic. We fall into all kinds of statistical categories. I happen to be one of the 77 million baby boomers that live across this country. And whether you happen to be in that age group or whether you happen to be 20 years old and acquiring your first home, there are things we need to think about in how we live in our home and how we can accommodate future needs. Perhaps you're a care provider also for someone in that age group or someone that's much beyond the baby boomer generation uh, that also has issues getting around their home. There are contractors today that specialize in aging in place, and that's allowing all of us, again, whether we're 20, 30, 40, being able to accommodate our physical needs and conveniences throughout our house. Years ago, this was unheard of. A contractor was a contractor, and they put lumber together, and they put flooring in, and they put roofs on the houses. But today, there are specialty contractors that are trained, not just because they do this, but they are trained in what you hear me talk about from time to time, universal design. And that really is about balancing style and the functionality throughout our homes with products that are available today, our own lifestyles, our likes and our dislikes. That if you're thinking about doing any remodeling for you, for future use, or for relatives, or for you right now, think about contacting a specialty contractor that deals with universal design. Now, these are people that are certified, they are trained, they've been through programs through the National Association of Home Builders, and they know how to deal, as I said, with the age in place issues, and they are certified. There are some simple things that I want you to, to think about. One, even if you do not fall into this statistical category. Even if you're saying, I have no particular needs, if you're going to remodel, the fact that you may eliminate a four-inch step from one area to the other if you have that opportunity. Maybe you introduce a ramp. Maybe you put blocking in the walls for grab bars, just like putting blocking in the walls for draperies or certain window treatments. These things are extremely inexpensive at the time of your remodel or new construction. You'll find that just because a grab bar goes in doesn't mean that you have to be 95 years old and walking with a cane. You'll find in many cases grab bars are universally helpful to absolutely everybody, whether it happens to be in a bathroom or making your way up a step or other areas around the home. Things that I talk about from time to time, just like using lever locks, if you're putting all new hardware on your doors, it's unbelievable how easy those are to use. 
I walked through my home the other day with those. I had both arms full. I couldn't reach down to open a door. You take your elbow. You push the lever down. You open the door. You walk through it. It's extremely simple. So these are little things that cost next to no added dollars when you're doing remodeling. But this statistic, at some point, if you're not there, hopefully you will be there. And I want you to think about how you spend your dollars in your home. I want you to think about your planning long term. When you're talking to your architect or your engineer, you may say, hey, I want a tub shower right now. But there might be a time you're saying, well, I really need just a shower. Is there an opportunity as I change, even my lifestyle changes, do I want to take that tub out? There are ways to frame openings, to frame structures, and to plumb so that you're spending very, very little dollars at a later date to deal with these type issues. Get expert help. Now, all of us seem to think, and I'm the same way about some issues, that I know the answers. I don't need help. But, folks, unless you really are an expert in an area, consult with those who are. Again, I said there are specialty contractors all across this country that are certified to deal with that. A few things that are very easy for us to cope with in renovation or new construction, reduce the steps. Now, this has nothing to do with being physically disabled or not able to climb steps, but I want you to think about the ease of getting in and out your home, moving carts in and out, whether you're trying to move a a grocery cart, and some of us use those to unload the trunk of the car to get into the kitchen, or whether it's just moving dollies or furniture or just the kind of activity that you may have with your children. Eliminate steps where you have that opportunity. I also want you to think about lighting. I discuss this on the show from time to time. We know the old incandescent lamp has gone the way of the dinosaur. We look at new types of energy-efficient lights. One, you want to be energy-efficient, but you also want to be sure you have adequate lighting. And it's not all about AIDS. There are people that start out that are four or five years old wearing glasses. Uh, If you're wearing glasses like I do, you find that you need more lighting sometimes to see things. And you'll find very few people that say it's too much lighting. Now, you can have a glare on things where that's a problem, but in most homes we have a tendency to put less lighting than we need. So when you're upgrading lights, look at the energy-efficient lights that are there today. Add that task lighting, which will be on the bottom of cabinets or areas where you're working on countertop space. You have no glare, energy efficiency, but it's great for absolutely everyone at any given time. When you're remodeling bathrooms, think about those tight quarters. And if you have rooms to reconfigure, this is where designers come in, especially architects, bathroom designers, cabinet designers, to offer you the greatest amount of floor space, the greatest ease of access to your vanities, to your base cabinets, uh, to the plumbing fixtures that are there. And also one other thing you might want to consider, because I've had more and more people talk to me about this, you may want to think about looking anyway at one of these walk-in tubs. You're saying, why do I need a walk-in tub? If you've ever been through one, if you've just tried one, I don't mean to sit down with water in it, but just to see how you access it and how it functions, you might be surprised how convenient that is for a youngster or somebody that's 90 years old or just for you when you're really tired at the end of the day. So there's so many things that you can deal with in your home that will not cost you a great deal of extra money doing it now, but it will have a major impact later. The other thing you're doing is you're increasing the resale value of your home. You're making it more marketable to a percentage of the population that has disposable income, too, if you're selling to an older group and people who have need of those universal items. How big an issue is that? Uh Taking a look a little further down the road, eliminating those things that people don't want. We talk about this uh, quite a bit, and I remember as a kid, we moved a lot. The big deal was always the pool. 
for every one person who wants a pool, there are nine other people who say, I love this house, except I don't want to deal with that pool. Looking down the road at those things that you may like, but may not pass along to the rest of the folks. I think that's the the plus side of what I'm talking about. It is not a negative to anybody to eliminate a step. It's not a negative to anybody to have blocking in the wall so that if someone needs a grab bar, it's already in the wall. You're not tearing out sheetrock to put all kinds of wood framing behind it. These are positives that cost very little money. But again, when it comes time to sell, you may not have a need for all these right now, but there's a big percentage of the population that says, I like your house over the other one because this one's ready and it's easy to adapt for my needs. It's also good to know if that stuff is there already. Yeah, it's got to be used as a marketing tool. I built my home seven years ago, and I'll tell you, there are a lot of things like this that I built in that cost me next to nothing at the time. And I will assure you, whether I need it or I sell the home and somebody else needs it, if I sell it, and they will know what's there. I have photographs of all of it. And that's what I would tell you if you're going to be in the house many years. Take pictures of it. Mark it up on your plans so that it's easy to prove. Here it is, folks. Coming up on this edition of Ken the Contractor, about a half hour from now, uh, we will talk about our app of the week that deals with getting ready for tornadoes. And one-on-one, Ken talks with a representative of Brown Newtone about the new generation of ventilation fans. That's coming up on Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Britt along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. You can always be part of our show by reaching Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can email questions to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Let's go to the phones right now. And joining us right now is Carl up in Pennsylvania. He's got a question for Ken. Carl, you're on the air with Ken the Contractor. I, uh, I put a water, I want a fence put up. A six-foot privacy fence, and I was wondering, uh, we were thinking about putting something underneath the fence, the, the weeds and stuff, you know, and my wife said that maybe we put cement down under the concrete, or on the, the bottom of the fence, and I was wondering if I put concrete from one fence post to the next, uh, being the Duano and contract, uh, concrete, concrete, I was wondering uh, the expansion and contraction on that, is that... Is there a problem if I put uh, felt in between at the post and the concrete? No. Now, if you use only felt, let's say a 15 or a 30-pound typically roofing felt, all that's going to do is create a bond breaker. That's not going to give you a lot of room for expansion and no, contraction. They have, they have a they have concrete expansion joint. Yeah, if, if, if you use a regular half-inch fiber expansion joint for concrete, that's all you need to do. That'll be great, and you should have plenty of room for the post to expand and contract the fence, as well as your concrete. Oh, okay. That's what I was wondering. Just as an alternate, there are other items you might want to consider. Instead of the concrete, you may at least want to look at some pricing on this. And that may be a simple landscape fabric with some stone on top of that. It may also mean taking a uh, piece of your or materials that your fence happens to be constructed out of and have a ground plate if you're using vinyl, if you're using pressure treated. And then you've got something that you can more easily edge at a uniform straight line or just use a weed whacker on in the summer months. Because I assume you're trying to not have to cut the grass under the fence and around the post or the weeds. Yeah, the weeds and stuff, yeah. I was just I was going to put the concrete by an inch thick underneath and to put the felt, the concrete, the expansion joint stuff around the post. 
Well, if you only go an inch thick, it's probably not going to last long term because one inch of unreinforced concrete over soil, just stepping on it or rolling over it with a lawnmower, you're going to have a tendency to crack those edges up. Most concrete products are not going to stay there unless they're at least two inches and they're probably some type of reinforcing, even a light gauge wire mesh. And that's one reason I'm suggesting that you may want to consider some of these other alternatives that will not rot, they won't rust, they don't go away, they're easier to install and will cost you less money than the concrete because you're going to have to put forms in the ground to pour your concrete. That is a viable option. I'm just suggesting some others that you might want to explore and look at pricing as well as long-term maintenance. Did you say have vinyl, like the fence? Yes. So is your fence vinyl or is it wood, pressure-treated wood? It's all vinyl on a post. And your posts are probably eight feet on center. Uh, yeah, something like that. It's an eight-foot fence sections. So you may want to look at the price of just purchasing, say, a two-by-four, two-by-six, if that's wide enough, to cover your post and the fence material in vinyl and lay that flat on the ground between each of your posts. You could actually notch out around the post on the ends. It won't rust. It doesn't rot. And you have no foundation needs under it as long as it's on good, solid ground. You may also want to consider pressure-treated landscape timbers to go between these posts. Most of those have a life cycle of somewhere between 10 and 20 years, depending on the amount of chemicals that have been injected into the wood. I'm just saying there are several alternatives, including landscape, stone, and fabric, that might serve you just as well or better. But it gives you a few options. Sounds like you have a spring project coming up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just had the fence put up the other week. Before the restart going, we'll think about it. Well, you're trying to be ahead of the curve, and I commend you for that. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, we appreciate you calling, and uh, thanks for listening to the show. Thank you. Take care. Carl, we do appreciate your call. Don't forget, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. Or if you don't necessarily want to be on the radio, you can email your questions to our website, KenTheContractor.com. And Belinda has a problem with her home in Virginia. says we have a rock house on the outside, so I'm assuming that means stone because she's saying the interior or the bearing walls are concrete. said, for years, an upstairs bedroom, one wall constantly sweats. And some of you are listening right now saying, yeah, I've got a similar problem. Well, stay tuned for the rest of this. said, we continually wipe the walls down. Eventually, the paint wears off. They've tried a dehumidifier. They've used special paints with special additives to try and get rid of the problem. said, we guess there probably isn't any insulation in the wall. said, I've asked an insulation company about shooting insulation in the wall, and they said something about being able uh, to do this uh, from uh, because there's no block behind the wall. Well, there are things that you can do on the interior, and I know that's part of your question. You're saying, we're tired of this. What can we do? We really have to put an end to it. You have what you're describing, a solid concrete wall, so the insulation company is correct. If there's not a cavity, there's no way, there's no place for them to install insulation. And then you've got stone on the outside of that. What I'm concerned with is the moisture that's constantly forming and where it's coming from. Now, the fact that you have a two-piece wall, if you will, tells me that the moisture is almost coming through the top. It's not likely. It's possible, but it's not likely that moisture is coming through the stone veneer, and that's what it would be since it's not load-bearing. Even if it's a full-width or thick natural stone, it's still a veneer. It's not likely that water is coming through that and then penetrating a solid concrete wall. So, again, I go back to that as I read your question. There one place here that tells me it may be a hollow cavity wall, the other that it may be solid concrete. So I'm going to address this in two ways. If you have a solid concrete wall, 
then you need to you'd have to look at furring and insulate the inside. I don't really recommend that. That's it's an expense that you probably don't need to go through. I want you to find where the source of the water is, and that's really how I try and resolve problems. The water may be coming in through the roof, it may be coming in through a gutter, it may be coming in around a, a vent pipe in that roof area, but I want you to have someone find the source. Water has to be getting into the concrete wall proper, not through the stone from the outside. If you solve that, you solve the problem. If you do have a hollow block wall and you're looking to insulate, not just because of a moisture issue, trying to get rid of the hot and the cold and the condensation, if that's your thinking, you can have insulation contractors put insulation in these wall cavities that will make your home much more energy efficient. It will likely eliminate any condensation that can be forming because of hot inside, cold outside, and that should solve the problem as well. But I take all of this back to my original statement that based on the way you describe this, Belinda, I'm not sure you don't have a water problem where water's getting in from the top. If you're saying this occurs, it hasn't rained for six days, and I still have this, then clearly you have an air movement problem on the inside, and I want you to address that. You can experiment by putting some floor fans down. Just let the air circulate in this corner on a constant basis. Leave it on night and day. See if the moisture goes away because air movement has a tendency to eliminate condensation when we have it in our basements. We have it wall areas like you do here. That's one good, easy, inexpensive way to see if it is just a condensation problem between hot and cold, lack of insulation, or whether you have a true water problem. If it's a true water problem, that moisture is going to continue to develop until the water source completely goes away. So it gives you a few things to check on. Good luck with your research. Get back with me by email or give us a call. Let us know how this works out for you. Don't forget, you can always reach Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, through our contact number. It's 800-614-2975 or email, as Belinda just did, to the website, kenthecontractor.com. And one of the things we do encourage you to do while you're out and about this weekend, putting together the materials for that project, always look for the Made in the USA label. Real easy to find. You're going to find the U.S. flag on almost all labels today. You'll find products across this country, everything you can think of that are being made in America today. A lot of products are being brought back from other countries countries. So do your part. Keep the dollar in your backyard. Keep it here locally. Let's employ people in this country. Buy American-made products. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. Ken's got more of your calls and questions coming up. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He's here to help you out each weekend to answer the questions that are important to today's homeowner. If you want to reach Ken, you can always reach him at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Don't forget, you can friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and also follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you'd like to email a question, you can do that through our website at KenTheContractor.com. Time now for this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken brings you information about products and services from companies and experts he interviews during his travels, all to make your life better, provide options, and save money. Joining us now is Patrick Nielsen. Patrick is the marketing manager for Brone Newtone. Now, Brone and Newtone is a name that many of you are familiar with, perhaps as an individual name, but certainly together if you're in a newer home, I'll say, probably one in the last 10 or 12 years. But most ventilations you're going to find from the east coast to the west coast and from north to south is probably going to have a Brone Newtone name on it, at least in my opinion it will, and I think that's the case with Patrick. Patrick, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Ken. Glad to be here. Certainly glad you can join us. Now, 
there are new products that vendors expose builders to, architects, designers, engineers. And I know this year, Braun Newtone has several things that I think will really captivate the market based on the phone calls and the emails that I get because not only are these energy-saving products, but they're also solving some mold and mildew issues inside. You're introducing the Braun Newtone Ultra Sense fans, fan lights with humidity and motion-sensing technology. Now, that's an awful lot in a fan. And I'm going to let you tell us a little bit, or maybe a lot, about each of those and how they function and what they do and how they benefit each of us. Yeah, we're, we're very excited about our Ultra Series. The Ultra Series, some of the basics, it's very quiet when we do uh, research with consumers and say, what are you looking for in a bath fan? One, they want quiet. They're often annoyed by that you know, original fan that the builder put in that's loud. They want powerful. These Ultra fans are very powerful. And increasingly, they want energy efficient. As people are more and more concerned with their utility bills and you know they want a nice green home, these fans only use 5.8 watts typically, which is a fraction of a CFL light bulb, so extremely efficient. Given all those basic things, what this Ultra Series really does great is it's very easy to install. Oftentimes, a, a homeowner will be able to do this themselves or hire a contractor, and they'll be able to do it very inexpensively. The real key here is the sensing, as you mentioned, Ken. We have fans that offer either humidity or motion sensing. So, for example, those teenagers that take long, hot showers and always forget to turn the fan on so you have mold growing in your grout and so on, you don't have to worry about them forgetting to turn the fan on. It'll either sense the motion of them walking into the room or it'll sense the humidity rise and, and do the job automatically. Now, on humidity rise, I'm familiar with that and some other sensing mechanisms. Does this mean that the walls will actually be damp before the fan comes on, or is this going to pick up a very limited amount of humidity in the air and turn that fan on? Yeah, that's one of the great things about our technology is, uh, unlike some other approaches to this problem, for instance, you could just have a humidistat on the wall. But if you take that approach, for instance, you might set it, they have a relative humidity set point, so you might set it at 80%, but then it's not going to turn the fan on until your bathroom gets very damp. With our technology, the bathroom could start at, say, 30% humidity, and if it rises quickly from 30 to 40, it knows that the shower's gone on. It's got a very smart technology, so it'll really give the fan a head start on getting rid of that humidity and not wait for a set point to be reached. It reacts very quickly. And the motion sensing side is instant when someone walks in the room. I've had people ask me about that. Well, do I have to wait? Is there a delay for this? You know, the minute it senses someone walk into the room, it, it'll turn the fan on in the same sort of manner. Okay, now I have to go back to the installation side because mm-hmm. you've really piqued my interest on this. A fan that can be installed from the bottom, not being in that hot, yucky attic, especially during the summertime. One that's user-friendly to the builder, which means if someone's hiring a professional, it's going to save them time and money. Mm-hmm. But it also means that for the people that are anxious to do this themselves, they can do it all from downstairs. Tell me a little bit about the installation on this. It's, it's a very easy installation. We did a lot of research with contractors and consumers alike to see you know, how we can make this job easier for them. And as you mentioned, it's, the key is not having to go in the attic. Essentially, the way it works is you'd typically take out your existing fan, which is probably going to be a smaller housing. That's the way most original installation fans are sized. Uh, because these are more powerful and quiet, they're generally larger housings. So you take that housing out. We give you a nice corrugate template. You can uh, draw on your drywall and measure and cut the drywall hole a little bit larger. And then the, one of the keys to this is we have a telescoping hanger bracket. So you collapse the bracket put it up through the drywall hole. Once you're above the drywall, you spread it back out again, and very easy to screw it to your framing members up there, whether it be roof trusses in the attic or floor joist if you're between floors. And then the housing, it has a very slick snap-in feature. You simply slide the metal box, we call it the housing, 
into that frame and it'll snap right into place with some uh, some kind of spring clips. The the next key, normally one of the reasons you have to get in the attic is because you have to get up there to wire it and duct it. We've designed everything such that you can pull the wiring through the housing, make all your connections in the room inside the housing, and similarly you can reach through a hole in the housing, grab your existing ductwork that's laying up there, pull it into the room, tape it to your duct connector, and attach that duct connector to the housing inside out. And lastly, snap in your blower and you're ready to go. So it's a very quick and easy process. I didn't know any better. I'd say you've installed a few of these because you've talked through every single step. You haven't left anything out. And it sounds so simple, it probably could have been installed in about twice the time Maybe not even that that has taken us to do this interview. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close. You know, the beauty for contractors, again, traditionally if someone's called a contractor to put in a fan, you know, contractors will come out and boys say, I don't know what to quote you on this. I don't know what I'm going to find when I get up in the attic and so on. And, you know, this takes that out of the equation. They know they can do it for a room so they can give you a good, solid, generally much lower bid on the project. And for folks that may have, let's say, a half bath, not likely to have a humidity issue like one with a shower or a tub unit may, mm-hmm. you also have units that have have no special controls on them whatsoever, your standard ventilation systems. You can opt for those with just motion sensors to turn off and on and or add the humidity feature as well. Is that correct? Yes. There's a, we offer a wide variety of these units, as you said, uh, without sensing, with motion sensing or with humidity, a variety of CFM levels. When you're looking for CFM, that stands for cubic feet per minute, so that's a measure of how much air is going to be exhausted. And so we offer an 80 and 110 we offer them with or without the light feature. So, you know, depending what price point and how many features you feel you need for your particular situation, we, we have you covered. You have so many products to offer. Where do folks go to find all the answers to the things we're talking about today as well as the many products that Brown Newtone offers? We have two great websites that will answer all your questions, give you a full range of our products. That is uh, Brown.com, B-R-O-A-N, and Newtone.com, N-U-T-O-N-E. And if you have problems remembering that, I promise you, most of you can look around your house and you can find the name. All you do is put a .com behind that, go to the website, get all the answers you need. Talk a little more intelligently to your builder or remodeler what you're looking for as well. Do a little research on the front side. I remind all of you to do that. Patrick Dielson has been with us today, marketing manager from Brown Newtone. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ken. And that's this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken brings you information about products and services from companies and experts he interviews during his travels, all to make your life better, provide options, and save money. And if you do go to that Brown website that Ken talked about, B-R-O-A-N.com, you'll find out that they deal with something that we've talked about on the show a couple times before that some folks may not even think are still out there, trash compactors. And they've also got some very unique doorbells. Doorbells that might have the theme song or fight song of your favorite college. How about that? It's called their Newtone College Pride line of distinct doorbells. You can find out more about that by going to the website that Ken mentioned, and that's Brown, B-R-O-A-N.com. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Every week at this time, Ken Patterson is here to take your calls and questions. You can forward your questions to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. You can give us a call. You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And don't forget to friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor. And also follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with more. You're listening to Ken the Contractor.
Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor, and he's here weekends at this time, ready to take your calls, helping you deal with the issues that are important to today's homeowner. You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. We're going to go to the phones right now, and it's Wallace who joins us. Wallace, hi, you're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Uh, I'm uh, considering uh, taking out a bathtub in my master bathroom and replacing it with a, just a, a straight shower. So I'd like to get an idea of what you, you might think would be the cost of removing that tub and replacing it with a shower. That's my question. Okay, well, I'll ask you a few in just a moment, but for our listeners, there are so many different elements that come into play with this, whether it's simply removing, say, a fiberglass tub shower or just a tub and replacing it with a complete fiberglass unit or whether it's an old cast iron uh, tub, whether there is actually tile on the walls that have to be dealt with. And also, one of the more important things is the size. That's my first question. Is this a traditional size tub, which will be 60 inches in length, the opening that you have right now? Yes, yes. So you're looking to simply pull a tub out. I'm guessing you have tile on the walls or some other type treatment. This is not a fiberglass unit, correct? No, no. There are showers that are made in pieces that will fit your opening, meaning they can put a shower pan in, a plumbing contractor or a, a building or remodeling contractor can, and then actually install fiberglass or acrylic sides in three panels. That way it comes through the door openings. There's no issue getting it in. They're not tearing larger openings in the wall to try and accommodate this. And when the old plumbing or the old tile comes out and the old tub comes out, then it exposes that plumbing to be modified to fit this new system. Typically, your tub has the drain at one end. Your shower normally, not with all of them, but normally has a drain in the center. So those are are some things that have to take place. Now, what you won't be happy about is I'm not going to give you a specific number because it varies so much from region to region. What I am going to give you are some very broad numbers. If somebody approaches you and says this is a $10,000 item, they're off their tree based on what you're telling me. But this don't expect you can do this for $1,000. I will tell you that this is with something fairly simple. As I've just described, you are probably going to pay somewhere in a, a $2,500 to $4,500 range, but I want I want you to get at least three bids, and that really proves what your market is when you get three bids. First, sit down and write up a scope of work. Just the questions I've just asked you, the information you shared with me, you want to tell them, I've got a simple, an old cast iron tub I'm taking out. It sits on the floor. It's not elevated. On a raised floor, I've got tile that comes out on the wall, and then I want you to put, for example, a prefab shower base back in, if that's your goal, and then a wall panel system and modify the plumbing. That's really all you need to do, and from there, you can acquire three separate bids. The other thing you want to do is be sure that your bidders come and look at it, that they're not just bidding this from your general outline, because each one may see something that's got to be dealt with that they should ask you about. For example, in order to do this, to get the old tub out, will the commode have to come off the floor? Or is there enough room to pull it out without moving that? Is there a vanity or a wall-hung lavatory that has to come off the wall in order to make this change? And that's why the price varies so much. So I definitely want to encourage you to get at least three bids. But if somebody comes back and says to make this change, and if it's as simple as what you originally described, they want $10,000, they're barking up the wrong tree. It's not worth that kind of money, okay? 
All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate you calling. Thanks for listening to the show. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Goodbye. Appreciate it, Wallace. Don't forget, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. App of the Week is one that you may need in some desperate times. You know, unfortunately, we may, and the American Red Cross is always there when we need them. I'll tell you, they have just released the official tornado app for iPhones, Androids, and tablets. And, folks, the good news about this is it's absolutely free. This is the American Red Cross trying to look out for our interest across this country once again. And it's available in both English and Spanish. It offers access to local and real-time weather information. The app alerts users when a tornado is headed their way. And many times this happens in the night. We know that's devastating. Said so you can set alerts in the app to make sure that an audible alarm goes off when a tornado warning is issued for your area. So you're not getting things that are well outside your area. The high-pitched siren warning is sent even if the app is closed, and that's another great feature. If the phone is on, the app can be closed, not running, but it will still send out this high-pitched siren warning to let you know that there's a tornado warning or one that's imminent in your area. Also, once severe weather has cleared, the app sends out an all-clear alert to let you know that a tornado warning has expired or has been canceled. Now, the app also lets the user hit a button to send a message to friends, and you pre-program this, and family members letting them know that you're safe. So as long as you've got cell service in the region and a tornado strikes your area, you may not have a, a landline, you may not have electricity, but you can send this out to people you pre-programmed and they know that you're safe, that there's no issue. Now, the tornado app, as I said, is available from... The Red Cross, you can go to their website or you can go to KenTheContractor.com. Look on our links. You'll find all kinds of things down there. If you don't have them loaded, you may want some other apps loaded as well. But this is one I highly recommend. Last year they released their Hurricane app. We announced that. We posted that to our website. If you don't have that posted you want our, in your cell phone, your smartphone, you want to have that one in there as well. Very good. All right, let's uh, sneak in a uh, final quick email from Emily. Uh, Emily has a um, little bit of an issue that's unusual, and uh, she is in Lakeville, Indiana. said, we just bought a, a piece of land, and we love the property. Everything about it is right for us, but we have a road issue. There's a low point in the driveway or the roadway that turns into a mud pond, she says, after a good rain, and says, what's the best way to correct this? Most of the area around us here is relatively flat, and this appears to be a natural low spot. Well, you have several options, one of which is to simply fill the low spot. That would be the obvious, but you do go on to tell me in this that this is a private drive. So apparently this roadway is shared by several other people accessing their homes or their property, whether their homes there or not. So if that's the case, to do anything in the road, the first thing I want you to be aware of is that you need to consult any legal documents that you had when you purchased the property. And that should tell you how road maintenance is handled. This may not be something, Emily, you have to tackle by yourself. But what you may have to do, unfortunately, is get all of the other landowners that use this road based on the easement agreements and so forth together and an agreement on a solution. Because whether you're filling this on your own, it may divert water running somewhere else on somebody else's property that creates an issue for them. That's the reason always for you and everybody else that shares a common drive. You're not a public roadway where you can deal with the county or city or the state, but it's a private drive serving numerous properties. You're going to have to look at the legal documents, come together with your neighbors, and find an appropriate solution. And there are several solutions. The obvious would be to fill that. The other would be to create, if it's not a massive amount of water, 
put a pump and a sump at some point, pump that water and reuse it, recirculate it, recycle it on your property for irrigation or for livestock or for gardening or whatever, and reclaim that water. Also, you've got the possibility of simply putting some diversion dikes on either side of that so that the surface water flows in a different direction and all the runoff, perhaps from acreage around it, doesn't collect in this one spot. So you do have numerous things you can work with to solve the problem. But first and foremost, look at your legal documents. If it says you've got to consult your neighbors, bring them all in, come up with a common solution. Yeah, that's the one issue when you've got so many different interests. you got to make sure that by dealing with one issue doesn't create another. Yeah, and even if you want to solve it yourself and spring for the money, you may have a problem that your neighbors are unhappy with. That'll wrap up this hour of Can the Contractor, uh, where folks come for professional answers. If you have a question about your home, inside or out, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975 or online at kenthecontractor.com. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. Every weekend at this time, Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson is here taking your calls. Don't forget, you can friend Ken on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow him on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you're looking for home improvement information at any time, go to KenTheContractor.com.